When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a Minimalist Monday edition of Optimal Living Daily, episode 2699, The Clutter, Depression, Anxiety Cycle, How to Stop It, by Rachel Jones of nourishingminimalism.com, and I'm Justin Mollick, your narrator. I'm gonna keep today's intro nice and minimal as we optimize your life. The Clutter, Depression, Anxiety Cycle, How to Stop It by Rachel Jones of nourishingminimalism.com. I shared my personal journey from clutter and depression, and I was blown away by the number of people who were in the same place or came from that same place of clutter and emotional turmoil. It's a vicious cycle. Anxiety or depression can lead to a cluttery home, and a cluttery home can lead to depression and more anxiety. We tend to do less about the house, which makes it even worse yet. Clutter overstimulates our system, visual, olfactory, and tactile, causing our senses to work overtime on stimuli that aren't necessary or important. It draws our attention away from what our focus should be on. It makes it more difficult to relax, both physically and mentally. It constantly reminds our brains that we still have a huge to-do list. It causes anxiety because the idea of sorting piles is overwhelming. It creates feelings of guilt and embarrassment particularly when someone drops by unexpectedly, and it frustrates us by making it hard to find anything we need, keys, bills, the checkbook, etc. The clutter in our homes not only makes our homes look bad, but it also makes us feel bad. In Life at Home in the 21st Century, anthropologists, social scientists, and archaeologists found a definite link between an overabundance of household objects, what they called stressful home environments, and the homeowner's health. That definitely affects the woman's long-term well-being. The book stated that men aren't as affected by the mess. As they measured cortisol levels over a number of days and in cluttered or messy homes, there was a higher rate of depressed mood toward the evening. With 3.1% of the world's children, US consumers purchased more than 40% of the toys consumed globally. In the United States, they found we have child-centered homes with the children's belongings spilling out into living rooms, dining rooms, kitchens, and even parents' bedrooms. Parents purchase more for their children because they work more to maintain their quality of life and therefore feel guilty about not spending time with their children. Feelings of guilt and also knowing deep down that material goods are a poor substitute for time together add to depression and anxiety. We simply have too much surrounding us. An average room has over 2,000 visible objects, particularly the office or computer area that we tend to spend the most time in, emailing, browsing online, children doing homework, etc. It's no wonder we're overstimulated and anxious, which is one of the reasons my yearly decluttering challenge is not too hard to complete. Generally, we don't realize just how quickly things add up and just how much of an abundance we have. Getting rid of things is emotional work. 
Even when the family is ready to declutter and be rid of items, they tend to get paralyzed by emotions, either with sentimental attachments or guilt about the value of the items and believing they should sell it. And having such a cramped schedule, they don't have time to declutter. Organizing is not simplifying. We simply can't purchase enough coordinating storage bins, boxes, and shelves to calm our environment. Putting things in bins just means that our stuff is now semi-controlled. Doesn't address the core issues you have with collecting or being unable to part with the items, which means you'll just continue in with more of the same. To make a difference in your home, you must purge the clutter, and not just a small amount. You must declutter enough so that it's easy to assign places to every single one of your possessions. Life at home in the 21st century is great at documenting the clutter problem, and although fascinating, doesn't offer any solutions in the book. Don't worry though, there is hope. Start small. Commit to developing a morning and evening routine of washing the dishes and tossing trash. Then pull out a timer and work on one drawer for 10 to 15 minutes tops. Stay focused on the one drawer until it's done, even if it takes a couple of days. It's okay, progress is still happening. I recommend starting in the kitchen. It's the heart of the home. Keep your focus on it for at least a month before moving on to other areas. Talk positively to yourself. When you find negative self-talk going on, change it to reaffirm yourself. I'm too tired needs to be, I have enough energy. I hate dishes needs to be, I love having dishes done. And I don't deserve a nice house needs to become, I deserve a nice house. Tackling the clutter is hard to face when in the midst of depression, but little steps can add up to big accomplishments. One small focused action every day creates a ripple effect, which will eventually lead to a complete change in your entire home, from clutter on all the counters to open clear surfaces in every room. It is possible, and you can accomplish it. You just listened to the post titled The Clutter, Depression, Anxiety Cycle, How to Stop It by Rachel Jones of nourishingminimalism.com. Thank you to Rachel. Good tips here. I like the idea of putting a positive spin on things instead of focusing on the negative. So for example, one of her ideas was to change I hate dishes to I love having dishes done. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case for you. I know it is for me. I do not like dirty dishes. I don't like doing them. I don't like seeing them. But the opposite, having them done feels great. And this all might sound trivial, making small changes in the way we talk to ourselves, but it's been shown to actually make a difference with happiness and mood. Absolutely, the language we use to talk to ourselves has an impact. After all, how we feel is really what's going on within us. So if what's going on within us is a bunch of negative talk, even if really small and seemingly inconsequential, that's changing how we're feeling. Now, it doesn't mean we wanna force and fake happiness all the time, but instead, with these smaller things, why not change the language and conversation in our minds? Seems like it could only help. So something to try out, let me know how it goes. Have a great day whenever and wherever you're listening to this. Thank you for being here every day. Have a great start to your week and I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.